Hey, hey, this is Coach AA, and let's get going with this April 17th edition. The three things I'm going to talk to you about today, how to avoid getting sugar cravings in the first place. Is that even possible? Well, think about it. It is a chemical signal, so maybe there should be a way to do this, right? The second piece, a small thought on self-improvement and best friends. The last one, learn from yourself. You've learned a lot. You're smarter than you think. But have you taken the time to mine your own learnings? Well, you're going to start today in 15 minutes. All right. First piece, how to avoid getting sugar cravings. You have cravings, I have cravings, we all have cravings. For most of you, it is about wanting to pop in something sweet and sugary at the end of our meal. Some folks prefer savory stuff, but whatever it is, they're cravings. Well, there's nothing inherently harmful about cravings, but say you miss a meal, or are sleep deprived, or had a stressful day at work, of which there seems to be more and more and more, or maybe you argued with a friend, you just suddenly find yourself elbow deep in double chocolate ice cream. How did that happen? Like there was the before, and then there is you inside ice cream. A blur. The autopilot just kicked in. And there was no room for rational thought or slow thinking or whatever. That, that is definitely a problem. After a solid meal, most of us want to pop in something sugary. I mean, you just ate. You're rather full. You ate pretty well, but still, there's this craving for sugar. What? Why? Now, some of you are pros at this. You pop in a square of dark chocolate and you're good to go. Some of you, if you're like me, cannot stop at one square. It's a slippery slope. Again, that's definitely a problem. Now, there are multiple strategies to help you beat cravings or control your cravings or even reframing the craving itself. You can check out these posts of mine from uh, earlier the year. But I'm going to move on to how can we not get these cravings? If you've seen The Matrix, you know, there's a scene where Morpheus introduces Neo to The Matrix itself. Like they are simulating The Matrix and he's walking around and Neo asks incredulously, what are you trying to tell me? That I can dodge bullets? And Morpheus goes... That it's not even about 
dodging bullets? What if you didn't even need to be there? What if the paradigm shift was way bigger than that? Watch that clip, okay? Now, the mental model I want you to have is this. There are a hundred switches in your gut, you know, like your switch for the fan, switch for the light, blah, blah. In your meals, when you eat highly nutritious and fibrous stuff, the vitamins and minerals and amino acids and fatty acids and whatnots start flipping these switches. When your meals lack some of these whatnots, and when your meals repeatedly lack them, we don't turn these switches off. Your gut recognizes that there's something missing and the chemical machinery that happens after the signal that goes to the brain, the hormone, blah, blah, blah. It's complex. It's way more complex than I will under, well, at least today, I don't understand it that well. But it means there is something missing most of the time. So what if we could turn on all these switches or turn off all these switches, whatever, right? However you want to think about the metaphor. But when your gut recognizes that there's something missing, it pops in as a craving. And we pop in a bit of sugar and that goes away. When you switch to eating real food and regularly are eating that way, your cravings go down. And there will be many meals when you do not get any cravings. And the better and better and better you get at checking off all these boxes, at switching off all these switches, the lesser your cravings. Isn't that a superpower? Because it means you eat sugary goodness when you want, because you feel like it, not because of an uncontrollable urge to do so. More power to you, okay? Think about this. The second piece, a small thought on best friends. I know, I know. It's like we're back in high school and saying things like best friends, right? But why is it so hard to be your own best friend? Why is it easier and habitual to be a dick instead? I mean, you look at it on paper, it makes no sense. You want to be your best friend. You understand you better than most people. You know all the great things you're doing, but yet you don't behave like your best friend. Just to be clear, by you, I totally mean me. If I could encapsulate all of the self-improvement self work I'm doing, it comes to this, to be my best friend. And the final piece, you already know everything that you need to know. But you keep digging around more. You're reading more self-help and self-improvement books. You follow smart, successful people whom you want to emulate. Think about this. Have you learned something fundamental about yourself? Something that you could not have come up with yourself by 
burning the metaphorical midnight oil and digging deep into your own mind. I doubt it. I've been there. I'm still there quite often, but there is a lot more inside of us than we give credit for. Pandemic enforced extra time on most of us with zero commute or social obligations. I found myself with an extra hour or two in my day. I've already been down the Netflix and PlayStation path in my youth. So I decided to focus on reading and writing. These are not new habits for me. These are habits I've had. But I just wanted to take this time to double down on it. And I looked around for recommendations, obviously. I focused on the overlaps between diverse people and diverse schools of thought. And one overlap seemed to be journaling. It just stood out. It was so obvious. Now, the thing is, I already knew that. Of course, I already knew that you should journal. Coach Dan John, one of my favorite authors and strength philosophers, has been maintaining meticulous training journals going back to the 1970s. Crazy, right? He has piles and piles and piles of journals. But I never did it. Every time I failed, I just let go of it. So self-doubt is something always, right? If I couldn't maintain a training journal, could I maintain a journal for my day and for my life? Well, that was the wrong question to ask. Am I okay with not starting a journal? Am I okay not doing something that way more smarter people than me are telling that is a no-brainer? Definitely not. And because I know I run into analysis paralysis, right? there are hundreds of options for journaling. Five-minute journals to writing prompts to open journaling. Easy to get sucked in, at least for me. So I gave myself a deadline of 24 hours to find something or else. That empowered me to start. And I started with no prompts, no nothing. I just wrote down whatever was in my head. And over the last two years, I've refined my writing prompts just based on reading, reflecting, and then writing to see what it, what it is that I am looking for. Now, reflection. Journaling has become an integral part of my morning routine. And while I do not do it daily, I average about six times a week. The thing is, the writing is only one part. The part that compounds it is the periodic reflection. I do weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly reviews, or rather, I used to. Over the past few months, with the world reopening, I've stumbled. But since this has already happened to me, I know it because it's in my journal. I know what I need to do. 
which is to get back to weekly, monthly, and quarterly reviews. Here's your takeaway. Journaling is a valuable tool. Spend 15 minutes daily, either at the start of your day or the end of your day, writing things down. Review them every Sunday. Make rules and guidelines for yourself based on your journal entries. For every other question that pops up in your head, or do I write it in pen and paper? Do I write it online? Do I write it on Google Drive? Do I, what time of day do I write? Shut up. Just do. You'll figure out your own answer. It is way better that way. And once you start forging your own path, you will come up with your own system. It'll be way better than any technique or whatever I give you. Yeah? You will figure this out better. I just want to nudge you to start. That's it. Of course, it is vital to read books and interact with people more intelligent than you. Right? They say things that are in your head, but in a erudite and scholarly and succinct fashion. But as you apply it in your context, your journal will be a goldmine for you. So read and copy other people with aggression and build on your own learnings. Of course, as with all bits of advice and as much as I try to avoid giving it, I invariably seem to end up doing so. So as with all bits of advice, take what makes sense for you and just ignore the rest. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. This is Coach A signing off and I will see you next week. You have a good one. Bye.